Welcome to Tap In Geek Out with your hosts, Doug Lund and Eric G. Hollis. A cool night, mid-November in Colorado Springs. We're broadcasting from the BitCave and can't wait to talk about what Eric and I are actually up to tonight. But before we jump into that, in the spirit of the old PC and now the Tap In Geek Out, Eric, what are you drinking? I've got Ninkasi Brewing Company's seasonal release. It's called Slayer. Slay spelled like a, a sleigh, like a, you'd sled on. Nice. Into, yeah, <laughs> with an R on the end. It's a winter ale. It's 7.2 alcohol by volume, 60 IBU. The seasonal winter ale is very good. I'm going to need to take a couple more sips to, to put a rating on it, but I like it. I don't know if I would drink a six-pack of it just because it is a winter ale, and it is a 7.2. So this, I mean, a couple of these will uh, probably treat you pretty well. <laughs> I'm just really looking at the label, and there's like a sleigh that's popping up out of the snow that's on fire, and then do you see the uh, the hand in front of the moon? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really awesome. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Slayer. It almost looks like a little Freddie Mercury putting his arms up to the sky, but I see what you're saying. It's definitely the... Uh, What's that called? It's like hook'em horns, but I don't know. What do you call it in the metal community? It's like, yeah... Death metal. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, isn't it also Longhorns, though? Don't they also do that? I, not in my world, it's not. Fuck Texas and the Longhorns. Yeah, you guys didn't play Texas today, did you? No. You, Oklahoma? We've, we've already lost to them. Okay. They were, one, they, they were one of the first teams in the Big 12 that we blew like a two-touchdown lead to. Yeah, having a, a rough season. My team's playing pretty well besides last week, so we'll see what happens. We're going to the SEC Championship, which I haven't been able to say in a very long time. <laughs> in fact, I think the last time we were in the SEC Championship, I was at the game. Nils and I were both there. Oh, it can't have been that long. Oh, no, it was probably right before I moved here then, and then the time before that was when I went. Yeah, we lost to Alabama, I think, in the SEC Championship right before I moved here. They didn't even play in the championship when uh, Gurley was playing a couple years ago? I don't think so. I mean, I don't expect that they won because that would have been in the era of uh, Bama dominance. But yeah, no, football's been uh, football's been fun. But this isn't a football podcast, so it, it really isn't. And I do not want to talk about my teams. That's for damn sure. Um, I've had a few swigs off of this. I like how bold it is. It's definitely got like a, a nutty flavor. I don't drink a lot of winter ale, so I don't know where this falls in that kind of spectrum, but I like this. I think like you said, I don't know that I drink a whole lot of it, but it tastes good. Yeah, I'll go uh I'll go three point nine out of five for this. I'm a little lower. I'm gonna give it a three point six. I'd like to try some other stuff that this this company makes though. I think we have. Ninkasi sounds familiar. And I hope I'm saying that right. I have no idea. I, I was actually glad that <laughs> you were the one that had to introduce it. I really hope they have a beer called Ninkasi's on Broadway. <laughs> That's all right. Um, oh, fuck, I don't even know what I was going to say after that. What should we talk about first? Let's talk about Justice League. Yeah, let's do talk about Justice League. Cause Since we both, uh, I guess just for listeners' purposes, we walked out. 30 minutes ago, 35 minutes ago, and we haven't really talked about it. So do you want me to go first? Do you want to, you're the DC guy. I don't want to step on anything you plan on saying. All I'm going to say is um, I was not expecting to love this movie as much as I did. And you can tell us why. 
it's very rare, and Doug and I see a lot of movies together, not only in the theater, but also on the couch. And I don't, I can't think of one except for maybe Force Awakens, where both of us were in tears at a point in the movie. That That's a sign of a strong film and a strong scene. And I think we were both crying, and spoiler alert, and that doesn't even need to be said on this podcast anymore. If we're going to talk about a movie, we're going to talk about everything we want to. But we finally got to see... Arguably, maybe Doug's favorite character, and a character I like a lot, done so well. And you got to see Superman, like the family man. You got to see Superman, the ass beater. You got to see Superman come in and save the day. And you got to see Superman save people. They did more in Justice League with Superman than they have in Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel, in my opinion. It was the best version of the character. And... Oh, shit. I, I don't even know where I want to start. There's so many things that I want to say. Um, since you started with Superman, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> we we had some intel that maybe the uh, the lip CGI was going to be a little distracting. I, I will say I noticed that in the beginning, and then it uh, it didn't really bother me, or I guess I didn't notice it. And I was looking for it for the rest of the movie, so fuck that. Don't be too concerned about that. It, it really wasn't all that distracting, and I wouldn't have even known about it unless uh i had just happened to catch an article in passing like i think it was the day before yesterday but uh yeah uh cavill not as wooden uh he was actually allowed to emote a little bit um one of in fact i would say it is my favorite scene of the movie is immediately after his resurrection how did that one hit you oh i loved it because you got to see exactly why Batman was so adamant about bringing him back. Why there is no Justice League without Superman, I don't think. You know, I'm sure he doesn't have to show up in every episode. But really, I mean, there you, you don't have a JLA. They even had a great shot at the end of what I consider the DC Trinity. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And I thought that was wonderful, man. I got goosebumps during that. I was like, oh my god. They're really hitting it home. It wasn't as a... It wasn't as dark as the other DC movies, Nolan's movies included. Right. And I think all of that is owed to Ezra Miller. All of it. He was, I, I, you know how much I was dreading seeing someone else play The Flash, and I fucking loved him. I loved every second he was on the screen. I bought him as Barry Allen. He needed to be there. Because Aquaman didn't really do it to me. And when we talk about what we don't like, I'll kind of get to Aquaman a little bit. <laughs> Not that I hated Aquaman. It was just very, you know, fucking surfs up, bro. And right. Ezra nailed it. I really want to see a standalone Flash movie with him in it. I think it can be fun like Ant-Man was fun for Marvel. I think they can do – or like um, Homecoming. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear you say that, not just because um, I wanted to say I told you so, but I, I, I really didn't. They had to get the Flash right in this movie, just like they had to get the other characters enough right. I mean, you're cramming essentially three origin stories into – uh, a movie that's already chock full of uh, a lot of other action. They have there's some shit they had to get done. They had to bring Superman back from the dead for God's sakes, and they did that all in two under under two hours, and they somehow managed to fucking pull it off. And I liked. Uh, I think they kind of took a cue from Homecoming, even though this was probably written first. They did not dwell on the origins. You got to see Flash with his dad. Okay, cool. You kind of know his backstory a little bit about Cyborg. More about Aquaman, I think, than the other two characters because you actually got the scene in Atlantis, right. which was very brief, though. 
Um, a lot of the origin setup was very brief because, like you said, they had to bring Superman back from the dead. I thought they, they tied everything up pretty nicely, and I thought I would see a lot of Whedon's fingerprints on the story, and I really didn't. There's one scene in particular with the lasso. I guarantee you he wrote that. Absolutely. Uh, where uh, Aquaman's sitting on on Wonder Woman's lasso. but And I think he probably put in the, the intro – of the kids doing the podcast interviewing Superman. That seemed like it was Whedon too. Absolutely, yeah. That was uh that was the first one that I noticed and well that was because it was <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, but uh you're right. And that's when I noticed his lip. So that was something that Whedon definitely reshot after they'd uh finished the initial filming. So um what I think one of the reasons this works so well, uh going back to that particular scene with when they when they resurrect Kal-El the MacGuffin worked ridiculously well in this movie. Not only was it the reason that the baddie was there, it was the mechanism that drew um, the different races together, the humans, the Atlanteans, the Amazonians, and uh, it was the tool that allowed them to bring Superman, not back from the dead, because we know he wasn't dead at the end of Batman vs. Superman, because we saw the the dust but and they even make a, a point in the the film to say well you, we don't really know what state he's in uh wayne is sure he's not dead and that was obviously you know something that became pretty apparent once they dug him up because he'd not decomposed one bit but it was superman's movie it really was but the other characters cyborg still doesn't do anything for me <laughs> and i don't think that's gonna you know the actor that played Cyborg wasn't Ezra Miller good enough to make to bring me kind of over to his side. They used him well. I really liked how they used Batman. In fact, I think as soon as he busted out that tank, I cheered a little bit in the theater. I was like, fuck yes, dude. That's exactly what Batman would do. He would go to his biggest gadgets. And that's, I mean, that's why he was there. That's why Batman gets to, gets to hang with them. Um, yeah, Aquaman was just a little too, I don't know, too Wooderson for me. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> If they would have made Justice League in the '90s, Matthew McConaughey could have would have been Aquaman, right? <laughs> there is literally a line where he says, "All right." Yeah, and so I don't know. I guess that either Wooderson or uh, Quagmire. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the Aquaman movie has potential. We get to see a little bit of Atlantis, and I thought it looked pretty cool. We get to see Amber. Is it Amber Head? Heard Amber Heard. One of those. We got to see her as Mira uh, for you know, half a second or whatever. And that was, uh, that was pretty neat. I'm sad though. And I think this is a good time to talk about this. Affleck fucking nailed it. And I think he nailed it in Batman versus Superman too, but I think this is it, man. I think we're getting Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman next. That's what I'm hearing. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I'm hearing. (sighs) We're not done talking about justice league yet, but let's, uh, let's talk about this. Um, I had not heard this news prior to you mentioning it. I think we were sitting in the theater. Um, I did some research subsequent to that. All I've been able to substantiate is uh, Affleck is still not sure whether he's going to do the Batman movie or not. And if he doesn't, Reeves has already had conversation, conversations with Hall, and it seems like that is likely to happen if Affleck pulls out. And he will at some point. I think he's trying to decide whether he wants to do this last movie, which I think he helped write, and then step away. Uh, or if he's just done after Justice League. I would really... Solo Batman would be great. Flash, great. I'm actually excited about Aquaman, even though he is very dude bro Aquaman. 
I want to see the sequel to that movie we just watched. I want to see JLA 2 right now. God, I don't even know where that one falls on their their calendar, on the I DC like the, calendar. Uh, I like the team. You get to see um, them walk into the future Hall of Justice at the end of the movie. I had fucking goosebumps when that happened. There was a Batman versus Superman didn't have those scenes for me that as a fanboy, I was really gushing over. JLA had them in spades. I think we before we came up here, the scene where Flash and Superman meet eye to eye and Flash realizes, oh, shit, this motherfucker might be faster than I am is my favorite scene in the entire movie. And then we get a little teaser of an old comic from the 70s or the 60s where they race. That's one of the after credits teasers. I was fucking freaking out over that, too. I They had fun with this movie. And I'm not saying that DC, even in the comics, DC tends to be darker. You'll have to admit, correct? Sure. It's one of the reasons I, I love DC so much. And it's one of the reasons I, you know, I'm, I'm more of a Marvel fanboy. I like to have fun. They had fun with this movie. And maybe that was Whedon. But I tell you, the shots, and Jesus Christ, he loves putting the camera straight down over a shot. But those were Zack Snyder. I could see a lot of the camera work. Snyder Snyder directed 80% of that movie, I would guess, if not more. It looked like a Snyder flick, did it not? It really did, except for it was Fun. something I really actually enjoyed. And, and I haven't been able to say that about a Snyder movie in a, a long time. So I, I will. I don't think we'll ever know to what extent Whedon actually had to salvage this movie. Maybe there was a good movie that was already there and he just had to drag it across the finish line. Or maybe he had to slice the fucker up and, and actually put it back together in a coherent way. Um, that was one of the biggest gripes about Batman ver- versus Superman is that it just didn't make any fucking sense. I do still maintain that the ultimate cut brought that movie back together a little bit. But it does not hold a fucking torch to the cohesiveness and, to your point, the fun of Justice League. I mean, did you ever think that you would get a Pet Cemetery reference in a DC movie? No, and Ezra Miller got all the good jokes. <laughs> he did. He, he And he owned it. I, I will say that like he only has one surprised facial expression, but I didn't <laughs> think his acting was bad. And I was ready to not like him. I know you were. And as soon as he showed up, I was like, okay, I can get on board with this Barry Allen because he fit the dynamic so well. He, he did. He he was genuine in that role. Uh, I've seen him in a couple other things, which is why I was holding out hope that we were going to get a, a good Flash performance. Um, the look of him was off from the beginning, so I think he was working against a lot of expectations, and I think he overcame them. He even made cyborg tolerable <laughs> he was a good foil for cyborg that that's a great point the the stoic cyborg i did not hate cyborg as much oh, as I, I thought i was I didn't going hate to hate him i just even when i watch the the cartoons now i just feel like hawkman or martian manhunter or green lantern should have his slot uh, Cyborg opens up so many possibilities, though. Um, he's a really underrated character in terms of his abilities, because that motherfucker, he, he's got talent on the level that uh, I think only Bruce Wayne can appreciate as like shit where Cyborg's um, skills actually come in handy. Yeah, and he, he was more kind of paired with Wonder Woman, too. She was the one that convinced him, I think, finally to to join up, which was cool. Uh, Gal Gadot was fucking amazing as always. Not to be sexist, but the Gal Gadot panty line scene walking down the street. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> and shot 
they always shoot her at a low angle. So am I the sexist one or <laughs> I think you're allowed to appreciate the female form without being sexist. I mean, she's a, a she, beautiful woman. Very in, beautiful. In excellent shape. Uh, very well trained. Uh, I love how when she's in combat, it never looks like she doesn't know exactly how to kick ass because we know, as a matter of fact, in real life, she does know how to whoop some ass. She's the only one, too, that got, like, as her intro in the movie, she got a full-on diehard-esque battle scene where she took out a, a whole building full of people that had hostages. That was great. Running down the line, blocking bullets. I I fucking, I love her. I, I And... Based on everything that's going on in Hollywood right now, she's willing to walk if Rat Pack Films has anything to do with Wonder Woman 2. And you know what? That's uh, that's a decision that, unfortunately, a lot of women and some men, as we know, are going to have to make pretty soon. And I can't say I blame them. I can't either. I'm glad she's... And I think we're going to get a Wonder Woman 2. I think Warner Brothers will be like, well, Brett Ratner, go fuck yourself, dude. Why the fuck would we pick you over her? Yeah. Right. And we know, I mean, Wonder Woman 2 was greenlit the same week that that movie hit the theaters. And we know Wonder Woman 2 will make bank. Yes. Even if it's not good. We know she can carry a movie. It will be good. Hopefully they'll they'll manage to put together three solid acts tonight. I, I was actually texting Nikki because I was like, you got to take the boys to see this movie. It, it was that good. And she's like, yeah, we're working on it right now. And I said, baby, it's better than Wonder Woman. She's like, what? I That's my gut feeling right now. I don't know that I'll wake up tomorrow and necessarily feel the same. I haven't seen Wonder Woman a second time, and I'd really like to see this movie a second time, but it just felt, from start to finish, like a complete product. I loved it. I'd, I'd watch it again tomorrow. I had a lot of, just, again, like, except for the Nolan flicks, the DC films haven't really done it for me. And the fact that they were able to nail Superman, finally, in my opinion, and maybe... Maybe you treat Superman like the Hulk. That's kind of how he was used in this. <laughs> just just bring him in to to fuck shit up enough and then... Yeah, and uh, God, his entrance uh, was second only to Superman 2 when he flies up to the window. And what I thought they were going to do is I knew he was coming. I was like, okay, fucking, where's Kal-El? I thought he was going to save the family in the car and that was going to be his reappearance and then go fight the dude. And I thought that would have been a perfect, a perfect way to introduce Kal-El saving that family that we had no idea why they were there the whole movie. I mean, at the end it makes sense, but I was like, why are they focusing on this one family? Who the fuck is that little girl? Is she somebody, you know, it, it, they did get a lot of camera time for someone that they really didn't even get a, a whole lot of, of explanation. Some family that was in some shithole town that just happened to be ground zero for Steppenwolf's uh, reemergence. Um, I thought that that, and they, they still played it off really well. You get to see Flash save the family, and you get to see Superman save an entire building <laughs> full of people, which was probably my second favorite shot in the movie, because you see Flash, and Flash is like, wow, man, the look on his face is... I'm a fucking hero. And then he looks over and you see Superman <laughs> flying with a building full of people. And then, you know, just they're going to have a mentor mentee relationship. I, I'm almost positive. I love that the, the dynamic that those two have established already. It, it plays really well. I'd, I'd watch a whole movie of Ezra Miller and Henry Cavill as Flash and Superman just running around the world saving people and shit. I, I mean, I would be fucking great. And I hope 
that now that they've seen, kind of like Marvel saw with Avengers, that the team movie for them is definitely possible, and they can definitely do it, and it's great. We better see crossovers with the other characters in the the standalone films. I fully expect Cavill to show up in the Aquaman movie. At least I hope so. I I hope so, too. It's never made sense to me how you can do successive Marvel flicks, to use that example, because really it's the only example I can use. It's like, where where are all these other people? They try and explain it away, but at the end of the day, it's like, if there's something that's going down that's big enough, why aren't all those motherfuckers there for, you know, or at least a, a handful of them? I, I get some people are flung halfway across the goddamn universe, and they might, might not even know about a particular challenge or event or, or whatnot, but more crossovers is a good thing and hopefully they're structuring the contracts of these people so that uh, you know they can pop in for a few minutes here and there in each other's movies I hope so too I also like how they did Flash's power and how it was not like Quicksilver in the X-Men movies I am so glad that I was going to wait for you to bring it up and I'm so happy that you did it looks weird and it's so fucking flash. Like, I don't know what it is. The way that he's like throwing his arms around. I loved it. It was perfect. I've never seen that on the screen before in any iteration of the flash ever. And I'm not downgrading the Quicksilver scenes in X-Men. I thought they were phenomenally done. I'm glad they did it differently and they did it effectively. And you're exactly right. It was very, it was very flash. In fact, I thought a lot of the action sequences were shot way better or at least edited way better than Batman versus Superman in particular. I felt like I knew what the hell was going on yeah. at all times. I liked the um, the relationship between Batman and Superman. You could kind of see that spark starting at the end. And those are my two favorite characters in the comics that have dialogue together. Oh, yeah. I love their banter between each other. And I was hoping we would get more of that. And God, if nothing against Jake Gyllenhaal, but... Affleck was good, man. He was really fucking good as Bruce Wayne. I buy him as Batman in the armor and uh, and as Bruce Wayne. I buy him completely. I love him as Batman. I'm so sad that he's decided to give it up. He's perfect in that dynamic. Yeah, because really we've got him in a bit part in two movies. I shouldn't say bit. He's got substantial. In fact, he probably has more screen time than any other single hero in this movie, but the uh, the Batman standalone story is supposed to happen, I guess, completely exclusive of everything else that, that's happening with Justice League. I don't know that that's still the case based on what we saw in the after credits scene. Where we got to see Lex Luthor has escaped and Deathstroke, the Terminator, shows up on his boat. Yeah. And Lex is like, they have a team. Why can't we have a team? And... Uh, God, you should have set that up for the joke you told me in the theater because I was laughing pretty hard. He says that we need a, they have a league, we need our own league, and you were like, what, are they going to get Gina Davis and Lori Petty? Like, <laughs> He actually says, why don't we have a league of our own? Yeah, God, Eisenberg can't catch a break with the dialogue. With <laughs> I like him as an actor. I hate him as Lex, and we're not going to go into that because I think we talked about that on either a previous BitFaced or PC, but I don't like him as Lex Luthor. But I guess you have to assume he's signed on to do the JLA sequel or is Man of Steel 2. I don't know DC's plans because they change so often. We were supposed to get a Flash movie way before the Aquaman movie and then someone dropped out of that. And so Aquaman, we confirmed in the car, Aquaman is next, correct? Right. Yeah. 2018 Aquaman. Okay. And that's probably summer. 
I think so. I think that's right. That's going to be uh, – that's a challenge. I think even though Wonder Woman, everyone says, oh, it's so hard to sell a female-led superhero movie. Fuck that. It's hard to sell an Aquaman movie. Guys will go see Wonder Woman because she's super hot and beats ass and she's a great character in the books. And, of course, women love going to see Wonder Woman. Right. Aquaman, though, like, hey, Doug, do you want to go see Aquaman this weekend? (laughs) I am against better judgment starting to hope against hope. DC is off of life support and Wonder Woman is what did that. And now they're vital again with this movie. Everyone knows that they can't fuck up what happens next. Every movie that feeds this franchise is going to be scrutinized from every fucking angle. And they're not going to release something that may put them back to fucking square one. So I'm just going to assume that whatever we get in an Aquaman movie is going to be at least tolerable. We'll toe the line with where they're at and not, I, I, there's no way it's going to set new heights for a superhero movie, but it it can't hamstring. But what... it might set new depths. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, thanks for interrupting because I was rambling there. But uh, you take my point, though, right? I do. And I completely agree with you, too. And I hope this is a... Uh... God, I don't... You know, like, as much as we fight about Marvel DC, I mean, we've been fighting about it since we were fucking kids. You know that I'm cheering for DC movies to be good. You know that I'm not, like, happy that they have sucked. I walked out today, and I was like, oh, my God, thank God, man. I'm so glad I got to see that Superman. I mean, dude, you and I were both crying. I think we're the only two in the theater, but when his mom got out of that car, I was like, oh, my fucking That's, God, waterworks. Yeah. I, I already knew it when he said, oh, thanks, you called my mom. You called my mom. And I loved how they set that up, too. They didn't beat you over the head with it. Like, right. he heard her coming, but they didn't do, like effect where they like zoomed in on his ear and it's like then they showed the mom and it's like oh he hears her like he's hugging lois and he's like oh thanks for calling mom so well done such a small subtle fucking thing and it was perfection and i I wonder if whedon i i want to know if that's whedon or snyder i want to know that too because the tragedy of this movie may be that snyder never gets the recognition of of making a good uh, uh, making a good DC movie because this would have been his redemption. I promise you, he's done. Yeah, I think so too. And that that I think he'll direct again. I don't think he'll direct to DC. Film God, again. I don't know why they don't put a fucking camera in his hands and just have him do the fucking cinematography and the setup shots and do production and let someone else actually interface with the actors and pull better performance out of them. I I can't talk about that scene enough. Beautiful. It was simple. You got the waterworks from uh, from Clark's mom, Martha, showing up. You got Amy Adams like, hey, you, you know you got to go help Batman now. And Superman like, well, fuck yeah, I do. And oh, that was so fucking perfect, dude. You could just tell by the look on his face like, well, yeah, I might not like Batman, but fuck yeah, I'm going to go help him out. I'm going to go do that right now. So I'll be back, you know. It, it was beautiful. Almost as beautiful as the scene at the end where – Clark is walking to Metropolis, notices something, pulls his glasses off, turns to the alleyway, and pulls the fucking shirt open. And that's the one that's got the Goosebumps. hair standing on my my arm again right now. Me too. And and I, I knew it was coming. As soon as I saw him walking down the street in street clothes, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yep. I, I almost wish Elfman, he teases you 
with the classic themes, one of which he wrote. Right. But not enough. If I had one complaint about the movie, God, they should have hit you right in the gut with the Superman theme when Superman came back at the end. Right in the gut with that. The Go. classic Superman theme. Yes. The, um, this is John Williams, correct? Right. Yeah. They should have hit you with the John Williams, and they should have hit you, and he teases it a little bit. But when I heard the, uh, dun, 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 I was like, oh, fuck, yes, dude. But then it was gone. Yeah, I, it was. It was little snippets here and there because we did get the, and then it was. it. Then it, it faded yep. away. I, I wish they, and maybe that was, I mean, that's a choice. And Danny Elfman obviously knows way more about music than I do, but I wanted to be hit over the head. That Superman theme to me, is one of the most iconic pieces of music. Sure. When you hear that, I mean, especially the, uh, I mean, the, the flair, the da 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 that's what I, and I guess it wasn't appropriate when he was fighting the Justice League, but oh my God, at the end of the movie, it should have came on like the goddamn Rocky theme. Like, <laughs> seriously, that's what, I, and so that that's a minor nitpick, and I think I told you at the end of the movie, well, the first thing I told you was like, I fucking love that, and you're like, yeah, dude, I love that too, and did you ever think I'd be saying that? I mean, today, I was even ragging on the way in there. We're watching sad commercials i was like yep this is getting us prepared for when we walk out of here today so uh fully expected i mean i, I try to really go in with an open mind uh even though i i didn't think i was gonna love this i loved it dude hands down my favorite dc movie since dark knight i don't know that anyone who has seen the last several dc movies could have expected it I, i'd really like to hear some kind of uh contrarian opinions at this point i'd really like to know what the fuck is wrong with the critics and what they have up their asses at this point but no um i i knew it was going to be better than uh batman versus superman that's all i knew and it, it turns out it was head and shoulders uh again even better than wonder woman to your point nothing this good out of dc since dark knight and we got to see uh Got to see a little Green Lantern action. I thought maybe that was going to be one of the post-credit scenes. In fact, I was sitting there like, oh, come on, man. Have Hal Jordan show up. How fucking awesome would that be? But And they really allude to, we're going to get more Justice League members. Wonder Woman, in fact, says it. Right. So I hope that's the direction that they're uh, going. I mean, maybe you don't need Batman in, in JLA, too. I'd love to have him there, but not if it's Jake Gyllenhaal. I, <laughs> yeah, maybe you do... Uh, Maybe you do a good Superman Wonder Woman story. Them off on some planet fight. I don't know. You, the, the sky's the limit now. That wasn't Wayne Manor that they were in at the end. I don't think it was, was it? Because didn't we we see Wayne Manor and it's next to that lake? Yeah. And it didn't look like it was destroyed. No, it it didn't. Although it was definitely some neglected building. I guess maybe it was just something that that Bruce Wayne owned. Yeah, I, I assume so. Because his superpower is being rich. <laughs> Great joke. Another, like, don't put that in the trailer. Yeah. I hate that now. You can't avoid trailers because as a fan, of course, you want a little taste. You always want a little taste before you walk in the theater. But I hate that. Uh, I hate when they put the best jokes in the trailers. And I think that was one of the best jokes in the, uh, the one of the best jokes in a movie that had a lot of jokes. It was really one of, what, three or only three or four that Ben Affleck got to deliver. Yeah, but God, Affleck was so good as Bruce Wayne. Um, I, I can't, I can't say enough about the cast. I think everybody did a good job. Agreed. I think everyone did a good job. Even the, I guess I've heard a lot of complaints about oh, another movie where they they can't nail the villain. They nailed the villain way better than they did in Wonder Woman. Way better. I thought so too. And again, it it made sense. 
Uh, we knew who the villain was from start to finish. We didn't pull any mystery bullshit. And uh, he put up a good fight. And the Justice League was probably probably going to win. Although it looked at times like the enemy had the edge. And then the league would pull ahead. Then Superman shows up and puts a fucking punctuation mark on the end of that fight. Oh my god. Superman showing up and just beating his ass. And I know everyone's like, oh, finally we got to see Superman beat ass in Man of Steel. It was dry and overshot and overcranked cameras, and this looked good. It looked like Superman just completely. Oh God, I loved it. Best best Superman movie since Superman two. Holy shit! <laughs> I I don't know what it was there, and Superman maybe had twenty two lines of dialogue. It was perfect. That's the Superman that I know from the comics. The Superman that showed up, and you also got to see like how much more powerful he is than everybody else. I mean, he he takes down everyone. Yeah. Batman's expected, but Wonder Woman, I don't know if she's just rusty, didn't stand a chance against him, dude, and he didn't even bust out all his powers. Guess we got freeze breath. We got um, eye lasers. I thought he was going to fry Cyborg. I was like, dude, you are fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that scene again right after his resurrection when uh... – yeah, Wonder Woman jumps at him, and he's got her by the throat in one hand, and was it Cyborg or, Cyborg. or Batman in, in the other one? I think it's Cyborg. Yeah. Someone's, like, on his chest, and he's already, like, ready to throw them off, and then <laughs> Flash is like, well, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, and the, that eye, that, and then the, the head turning to the, the side. The tilt, man. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, that is so well done. It was. As an introduction of both of those characters to each other because Batman knew about everybody else but Superman didn't I mean he never talked to Batman about forming the league that was all between Batman and Wonder Woman correct correct yeah I, I don't think he he knew anything that uh, I don't think he Bruce knew any Diana of those people at, at and maybe that that's why he was so scared well that and he didn't know what the fuck was going on like he had very little memories and it wasn't until they pulled out the the big guns that <laughs> Yeah, I, I loved uh, – I want to see another Superman movie with Cavill, and I want to see it done – I'm not saying you can't have some seriousness, but oh my god, just do a fun-ass Superman movie. I, do do a wholesome Superman movie. That's the Superman I, I, I felt like I saw in Justice League. Yeah. It was, uh, it was refreshing. Um, I do – I think you made a great point earlier about using him like the Hulk. I think you have to use him sparingly. Because uh, I don't think he's someone that that should be counted on to deliver a movie from start to finish solo again. Yeah, I think if you do it right, though, I like it. I, I'm I kind of like Cavill now a lot better than I uh, than I did in Man of Steel, and definitely more than I did in Batman versus Superman. Well, cheers to DC. You 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 fucking did it. It's about fucking time. And uh, I was I, happy for you. I hope they they listen to the fans and not the critics and and stay this course because this movie's going to make money. I can't imagine it's not already already generating a ton of fucking word of mouth buzz because everyone you could hear the dialogue around us like everyone was like, "Oh my god, it was good." Yeah, that that was really good. Yeah, and I think you and I have we're both uh, me probably more than you. I was surprised. I was like, I'm walking into another C minus D plus superhero flick is fully what I expected. And then when I read the buzz and the Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, I try not to spoil anything, but I do, you know, I fucking have the internet. I see shit. <laughs> and 
I fully thought I was like, okay, you might like the Flash more than you thought you would, but you're not going to like the movie. You're going to have problems with the scripting. You're going to have problems with the dialogue. And I really didn't have problems with those things. What did the reviews say about Flash? They love him. Yeah, that oh, he, they fucking love him. He steals the movie. Every review is like stole. steals the movie, That's, steals the movie. Yeah, yeah. I Takes can the see movie that. and runs away with it. It's probably what some <laughs> lazy critic wrote. But he and he was good. I hope we get his solo movie sooner rather than later. I like him as Barry Allen. Uh, and they again, he had he had all the fucking good jokes. But that's that's what Flash is supposed to be. Right. That's what Michael Rosenbaum was on the JLA cartoon, uh, or Justice League Unlimited, whichever one was it. JLA first, uh, and then it became okay. Unlimited. Uh, yes. Anyway, the the awesome one. <laughs> right. The one everyone should should definitely watch. And I <sighs> think that uh, Justice League took a cue from those DC animated flicks. Good. I really do. Did what? you kind of feel that? I guess to some extent, yeah. And that's uh, never been an area where DC has had a problem ever. I mean, they have dominated in the animated space. I can't gush on the flick enough. I'm, I'm, I want to go watch it again tomorrow if I didn't have a busy day of doing shit. I would go see it again. I really liked it. it it's, uh, God, it, it feels so weird to be this happy about a DC movie. <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> I don't even know what to do with myself. I think I told you, I, I'm really curious what they're going to do with uh, an actor like Billy Crudup, because I don't think you throw him on screen for what a total of forty-five seconds as Henry Allen, and not have that materialize into something. I don't know. They they pretty much wasted Holly Hunter. She's a pretty pretty quality actress. Yeah, but I mean, even her screen time compared to to Billy's was two or threefold. Yeah, Billy only really had two scenes, beginning to establish Flash. And the end to uh, to give some hope to the next uh, story, and I assume we're gonna have Flash working in whatever job he got at the end. Yeah, it's probably where they'll start. Crime lab, yeah, right, yeah, as a forensic scientist, which would be uh, which would be great. Yeah, Ezra Miller was so good. So, is that the movie we're gonna get? Is him uh, getting into uh, law enforcement and figuring out a way to clear his dad's name? I think so. I mean, that's at least uh, who knows where they're gonna go with it. But I think that's the I think that's the fuck we get. I'm 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 really excited for the future of the DC cinematic universe now. I uh, I think they did a great job. And I again I don't I hate to keep going back to this, but I'm really curious how much of that was Whedon and how much of that was Snyder. Only because there was two. We know there was two directors, and we know there was extensive reshoots. Now, you know you can clean a lot up in editing, but how much how much of that movie was Joss is my real question. <laughs> Well, hopefully, because Joss always does great fucking Blu-ray commentary. We'll learn something about that when this actually ships on uh, home media. But, uh, dude, I just realized we've been talking about this for a good 40 minutes already. And there's other shit we still need to talk about tonight. Well, good. Uh, And honestly, I don't know if we're going to continue this uh, here on Tap In Geek Out. But I've been cutting BitFaced at 45. Like that's kind of so, but de- I think we definitely need to at least let's talk about something else that's rare. We talked about you and I both crying at a movie is rare. You getting a thousand out of a thousand achievement points in a video game is extremely fucking rare. What have you been playing, Doug? <laughs> Not just rare, but something I don't think I've ever done before. Uh, I enjoyed South Park's 
the fractured butthole so much that not only did I make a point to finish the game in a reasonable amount of time, but uh, I did. I made a point to to complete all the achievements. And in fairness to the rest of the, the gaming community, they were not particularly difficult. Uh, I, I got lucky only in retrospect because I rolled my black character first and was able to to knock out those uh, achievements that, that you had to have the uh, the ethnicity to, to pull off. <laughs> I was worried, um, and I don't know if this factored in. Maybe you have more insight here. I read somewhere that someone didn't get the achievement for the hard difficulty because you have one fight before you fight the sixth graders, and it makes you pick the difficulty, and they had it set on medium, and the achieve didn't pop. And I was like, if Doug missed that one fight, he is going to be livid. No. Must not have been because I I got all so the achievements. It, it did work, and you only set your difficulty when you got to that decision in combat, correct? Yeah, at the point that it asked you, like, how do you want to roll at this point? I I set the hard all the way up. I assume that's what what you and and Nils were doing too. No, we uh we played uh middle ethnicity characters, so we basically had Mexicans, and we played on medium difficulty our first time through. <laughs> and the combat, to to be fair, is challenging. They did a good job with it. Talk about taking something in the first game that was done more of a Final Fantasy style. This is done that same turn-based style, but on a grid. So there's, you know, basically chess moves, I guess you can kind of make. Right. Adds a great element to the game. I The combat was probably my favorite thing in the game besides the script. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, it... Uh... It took a little while to get used to it. If you're someone who played the Stick of Truth, and I have to assume that if you're considering uh, Fractured Butthole, it's because you, you probably did. Oh, and if you haven't, you get a free copy of it still, even after uh, it's released when, when you buy Fractured. And don't fucking think about it anymore. Go out and buy this game. You you owe it to yourself. You will enjoy it. There's and no way all around you, it. Uh, all you achievement whores, it's a separate set of achieves from the Xbox 360 version. Is it? Yes. So it's another thousand points you can get, and I think it's cleaned up a little bit too. Oh shit! I did not know that. I think it's it's cleaned up a little bit to. I think it looks a little bit better on the one. But if you're a fan of South Park, odds are you've probably already played Fractured Butthole. You probably did what we did and downloaded it the second you could play it and played it. I, I beat it in three days. The way I've been describing it to my friends and colleagues is uh, the stick of truth was a South park game that had some RPG elements fractured, but whole was a full blown RPG that just happened to be a South park uh, property. And I think that like fans of the show are definitely going to get way more out of the game. I lost my shit when I walked into the post office, I think, and the uh, Jack in it in San Diego song was playing. <laughs> I, one of my favorite South park episodes ever. I'd probably put it on my top 10. And so little references like that to the show. Boogers and cum. Boogers yeah, fucking boogers and cum. <laughs> there, there was a lot of good shit. And it was pretty current with the new season. Oh, yeah. Or at least last season. Up through the very, yeah, season 20. Um, I didn't recognize anything from, from 21, but uh, God, we need to do a whole separate episode on, on season 21. We need to do a South Park episode that sounds you great. and i are both big fans of the show i think we've both seen every episode yeah we need to do a south park episode but no if you if you love the game and if you haven't bought it yet it's 30 bucks on black friday most right. places online no excuse not to pick it up especially like since doug said you're gonna get a free copy of stick of truth and if you haven't played that it was my game of the year i believe in 2013 when it came out or 2004 was it 14 
I think it was 14. That sounds right. First year at BitFaced. The first top 10 we ever did. Uh, Stick of Truth was my number one game. I don't know if Fractured's going to be number one this year, and I don't want to ruin that, but definitely top five. I'll say that right now. God, you have such a challenge and such a good problem to have. I cannot remember a year in... God, has there ever been one with this many fucking great titles in, in one year? The year that Red Dead Redemption came out, I think... And I can't even think of any of the other games, but that was a hard year, I remember. And there was a year, I think the year that Grand Theft Auto V came out was hard. This year, though, hands down, hardest I've ever. I'm still regretting. I know that episode has to be taped in December. I don't know how I'm going to pick. And that's one of the reasons, dude, I haven't played Mario yet. Because I know that's going to, and I will play Mario. I'll probably actually play it tonight. But I know when I play Mario, it's going to make my decision even fucking harder. I mean, if you ask me right now what I'm leaning towards, game of the year, Horizon Zero Dawn. Really? I really liked the story, and I thought that's where it had the edge over Zelda. Yeah. Zelda was awesome, and Zelda will probably end up number two just because the temple system was one of my favorite things ever. A bunch of miniature puzzles scattered throughout the map that you can use to make your character better. I ignored the main quest completely. I haven't even been to the goddamn Lost Woods yet because all I do is go to those temples and try to get heart containers and stamina. And so I'm not knocking on Zelda, but Horizon Zero Dawn, I normally either do not get into or normally don't care for the stories in video games, especially a game like that. Horizon's very Justice League. I walked in expecting, okay, I bet this robot combat's going to be fun, but you're going to be bored with the story in 10 hours. I could not put that fucking game down. And I felt the same way about Fractured But Whole. I mean, dude, I finished it in three days. And it's a 22. I think it took me 24 hours on my first playthrough. I logged 40 total. But um, I also, at some point, decided, like, I'm, I'm going to grind out all the gear. I remembered the achievements from the first game and how you had to have, like, every fuck, like, a, a piece of clothing like you had to have everything, like all the costumes, like to get some of those achievements. And I assumed that they were going to do some of those completionist things. So I was, I was picking up fucking everything I could find. I was grinding out extra shit. I would hit every fucking uh, trash can and fucking parking meter that I walked by, <clears throat> thinking that. I, and you use that shit to like sell. You'd sell some of it, and then you'd buy recipes from all the vendors and. As you progress through the game, the vendors start adding additional uh, uh, shit that they're selling. Not only in recipes, but gear. I spent so much time fine-tuning all of the artifacts that you can use to, to increase your, your character's strength. And turns out there was no fucking achievements for any of that shit. But it, 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 I think ultimately it, it made my character better. So I was able to, to not have such a, a hard go at some, at some of the later bosses. And I think I finished, yeah, it was like 40, maybe 41 hours start to finish. It's funny you say that because I didn't sell anything the whole time because in the first game there was an achievement for not selling anything. Now, granted, I looked at the achieve list, I think, halfway through my playthrough. And I normally do that just to piss myself off, to be like, God damn it, you kidding me? If I picked up one thing in the beginning of the game, I would have got that 25 points. I fuck with myself a lot. But no, the achievement list isn't too hard. The battles on hard, I mean, I'm I'm dying. I'm running into fights that uh, I'm not beating the first time through. Timmy 
spawning those kids in the fucking playground fight on hard sucks. I uh, I don't remember having a problem with that one. It was it took me several tries to down Shub Niggerath, and it, I, I'm sorry, guys. That's that's the name of the character, and it, it's South Park. <laughs> I I think I told you this earlier too. Only Trey and Matt get away with that joke. And that was one of like five jokes in the game where I was like, if this wasn't South Park, there's no fucking way this would fly. <laughs> the other one, oh my God, was hands down. I'll, I'll give you guys a spoiler for my Game of the Year episode right here. Boss Battle of the Year, Jared from Subway spraying mayonnaise <laughs> out of a sandwich in little kids' faces while he's talking about how he's going to molest him. <laughs> Jesus Christ, and that's almost on par with the Catholic priest pulling the butt beads out and throwing them at you. There's so much good shit in the game, and uh, you and I are both very picky about our humor. I think South Park is a, uh, I think South Park's a show that can, uh, oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm really curious to to see what he thought. I wish he was sitting here with us. Oh, fuck. We got to get him back on here soon. Um he calls me at eight something every night and I keep telling him like, dude, I don't know what it is about this time, but I'm either always doing something or if I've got my, I got my watch off and I don't hear the phone ring because it silences it when I, when I've got, when you've got a watch paired to it, I haven't talked to Carl in a couple months and I really fucking need to. And I'd really like to hear what he thinks about both Thor and justice league. And he's probably played uh, uh, fractured butthole at this point as well. He sent me a uh, a really good joke about a month and a half ago. I'll have to share it with you later. I don't know if he wants me to read it on the uh, <laughs> on the cast. And Ed, I love him to death, so I'm not going to do that. But he sent me a good uh, a good joke that I completely, as a fan of comedy and as a comic book fan, I I loved. So I uh, I've only hung out with Carl twice, I think, in my life. Love him to death. In fact, when we finished the movie today, the first thing I was like, I wonder what Carl thought of this because he's a he's a arguably a bigger DC fanboy than you are. Right? Oh my God. I don't know any bigger DC or comic book fans in, in general. I, I think he could go toe to toe with any Marvel fan and, and take them to school as well. I would not challenge Carl to comic book trivia. In fact, he would be the last person I would want to, I can just tell by talking to him, not like I've sat down and grilled him, but I can just tell by, by talking to him that he knows his, uh, he knows his books and he, he keeps up too. That's, That's a, where he has everyone. <laughs> right. Is he is reading. He's probably reading right now. When you didn't pick up the phone, he was probably like, you know what? Fuck, I'm going to go read the new issue of the Flintstones. All the fucking books. Yeah, the fucking Flintstones. <laughs> Which is amazing. And, and Carl, you might listen to this. I want you to watch Riverdale, and I want you to tell me what you think about that. I'd be really curious to hit, hear his opinion on Riverdale, just because I know he's a huge comic book fan. I, I'd be shocked if he is not already caught up on, on that one as well. Um, Carl's superpower is the ability to ingest all forms of media at all times, like TV, fucking movies, comic books, books. He he does it all somehow. I don't know how he does it nowadays because uh, I think this might be your quote, but Jesus, the golden age of television. And I'm starting to see what you have seen for four years. Uh, We won't go into it now. In fact, we'll probably let's next episode. We'll talk about this, but future man on hulu oh my god i have never sat down and watched the first 10 minutes of a show and texted doug like best show of the year and you're like really better than legion and you didn't believe me i knew you didn't i knew doug i i know how you are 
And plus, you're always like, God, Eric, you watch a bunch of shit. <laughs> you're watching fucking Hell's Kitchen. Why are you telling me about some bullshit show? You had seen the trailer, though, because I showed you that. And I told you, like, dude, I would watch the shit out of this. The trailer didn't give away what the show was and how much of a tribute to Terminator and back to the – oh, my God. It's so back to the future. And I think that's what I love about it. Oh, God. You have no idea. I'm sitting here biting my lip because – We'll get off the subject. You're four episodes in. Yeah. You haven't even seen your, the three or four best episodes of the show. I'd love to hear that. And I told you, man, I'm going to savor this like a fine wine because the first ten minutes, it's like, did they – fucking take a focus group and I was the only member and they were like you know what let's make a show that Eric Hollis is going to fucking love man oh no dick and fart jokes time travel video game references Carl's Carl's got this is the other Carl has got it right your phone is listening to your dreams and and that's what they're doing is turning it into a media good job give me more shows like future man god dude the sixth episode of future man Start to finish, like maybe one of the best television episodes I've ever seen. The That's writing a bold statement coming it, from you. It's so, it, it's just solid, it, and you'll see. It, it's the episode where they're they're in a house for pretty much the entire episode. That's love, all I'm gonna say. I love bottle episodes. Yeah, you'll God, you're gonna love this one. The show's very uh, self referential. It's also raunchy. Yes. And I think that's one of the things I really love about it. It's it's an R-rated fucking show. It is. Um borderline, I'd say NC-17 at, at some point. You you get full frontal male nudity in this show, but it's used well. The uh the female nudity is used well. It, there is nothing gratuitous about how it's used. It is all story and that makes it so fucking perfect and i i hope that doesn't get lost on people and that's why i wanted to make a point to to at least mention that but you're right when you get done with it we'll come back and do a a future man episode and we'll tell the tap in geek out listeners formerly known as project challenge listeners about how great that show is i'm loving it and uh i know we're we're definitely over time but god if you haven't watched stranger things season two very unpopular opinion. I liked it better than season one. But I have one question. And I think I might have brought this up on BitFace, but whatever. We'll, we'll talk about it here, too. The boys obviously saw Ghostbusters that summer, but Dustin definitely didn't see Gremlins. Because <laughs> takes the creature, feeds it candy, <laughs> gives it... <laughs> So, yeah, and those came out the same summer, I'm pretty positive. 84. Another problem I had with with Stranger Things was I don't think Dig Dug lets you put in six characters for your name on the scoreboard. I'd almost bet money on that. Yeah, three, right? It has to be, correct? And I thought that for the Duffer Brothers was a very big oversight because one of the reasons I like season two better than season one is there wasn't as many anachronisms. I thought they stayed very true. I loved how... um, some of the families had Reagan signs and some had Mondale signs in their front yard. Like there's some, there were some good touches just real quick. Again, I don't fucking dude, I could go for another hour tonight, seriously, because I haven't been on the mic in forever. Yeah. But they took a character like you almost hate Steve in the first season and he gets a little bit of redemption. Sure. But he got, he got some in the first season. That's what I'm saying. They get in the first season, but then they introduce Billy and you're like, oh, this is what a real asshole 
looks like. And I thought that was done perfectly. Steve is arguably, I think you said this, the hero of both seasons. I, I would argue that. No one, however, was better in Stranger Things Season 2 than Sean Astin. Nobody. <laughs> God, he I... didn't have as much weight to carry. Literally but, and figuratively. Yeah, God, man. <laughs> Aston, Aston's looking a little portly. I think he looks better with weight on him. I, that's just one man's opinion. He played that character so perfectly. And then even after he dies, when... Um, God, I can't remember his name. One of the kids is like, you know that he started the AV club, the AV club that we're all members of. He was the original one of us. Oh, my God, dude. That's such a callback to the Goonies. You even get a so-on-the-nose pirate treasure joke that works perfectly. Right. I, Dude, goosebumps when he said that. What are we looking for? Pirate treasure? I was like, oh, my God, dude. They didn't want to cast him. Did, did they not? And they he auditioned, and they said, you know. Dude, you're Sean we, Astin. We have to. <laughs> they thought it would be too much. Because obviously Stranger Things is hugely influenced by the Goonies, to name one of many movies. Actually, this season is more Aliens and The Exorcist oh. and Stand By Me and Keep Going because it's all in there. Friday or um, you, I think you and I, you're the only person I know that got the Nightmare on Elm Street when Nancy was going to a party at Tina's house. Oh. I was like, oh my god! I I don't think that we're the only ones that got that. That the only one I know. It it was uh it was pretty. I thought that one was one of the ones that was a little more obvious to the casual crowd because there's a lot of subtle shit that I thought, God, we're going to have to do this in another episode. Let's do let's do TV next, and we're going to have to cut another one soon. Oh, I, I hope so. Um, I'd love to do a full we, – we touched on it uh, on BitFace. You can listen to my opinions there, but I think you and I would have a completely different conversation about it. There's some things I want I, I still want to talk about. Sweet. Well, we're going to get this rep, this one wrapped up because I'm already starting to slur my sentences and cross my eyes. Uh, I think I, we should call the close. That's <laughs> good. Uh, I think we should call the close on this, uh, on any episode. I think we should call it the tap out. Like, all right, we're about to tap out. Yeah. Right? We tap in at the beginning, tap out at the end. Not, not geek out? <laughs> well, we geek out during the whole episode. I have a block when it comes to the tap out thing, because in my head, that's a subculture that I disassociate myself from the fucking tap out culture. You remember tap out? Yeah, I do. Yeah. A bunch of nickelback listening to douchebags wear the, their gear. There you go. One last thing on, on justice league. Did you notice that, um, cyborg wore under armor sneakers under armor? Huh? <laughs> I did not notice that, that has to be on fucking purpose, right? <laughs> I, now that I think about it, now that you pointed it out, I would agree with that. I, and I didn't even notice that. I'm sure we missed some uh, we missed some shit. You know me, though, man. I'm, I'm sitting there with my nerd brain on. I'm like, okay, where's all the... And God, did uh, J.K. Simmons have two lines of dialogue? I was really psyched to see him as Commissioner Gordon. He's like, yep, yeah, Batman's my friend. And then, <laughs> you know... I love him as an actor. Though. That was pretty good, J.K. Simmons. Thank you. Um, I hope they bring him back as... Uh, there's rumors he's coming back as Jonah. In the next Spider-Man flick. Oh, God, dude. Why not? If you can be J. Jonah Jameson and fucking Commissioner Gordon, why not? He's the perfect Jonah. Don't you think? He is. I don't want to see someone else play Jonah. He's way better at at Jonah than he is at at Gordon, I will say that. He was a decent Commissioner Gordon. Again, we didn't get to see him do anything. Right. 
he was just there to I don't even know why he was there. <laughs> we have got to get this wrapped up or, or are we going to keep rambling? I I mean, I can do a parody of our traditional clothes, but do you have a new clothes in mind for Tap In Geek Out? I probably should, shouldn't I? I think you probably uh I think I, you probably should. I should probably mention that we've updated all of our social media channels and I'm not going to talk about each one of them because that's where Eric starts to talk about fucking MySpace and the Instagram and the Face page and the, all the other social medias that no one uses anymore but your mom does. We're on Friendster now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> Here on Tap In Geek Out we just like it when you listen to us. Listen to us when you want to. Tell a friend about us. You know what? If you hate the show, we'd love to hear about that too. Criticism is always welcome. Only podcast on the internet you can go, and I don't even know if this is true, to hear about a new beer every week and also hear some of the best geek banter on the planet. Across the table from me, as always, Doug Franklin Lund. Yeah, that's his middle name. I'm Eric Gregory Hollis, and we're out.